0: Hello and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Fred Smith. If you're a TikTok user, you might know Fred as that big guy on TikTok. Fred has developed some really interesting content focused on positivity and uh, working with the things you have, not the things that you don't. And so it's pretty impressive what he's done uh, with his content. I'm one of his followers and that's how we kind of we got in uh, contact with one another. I reached out to Fred and said, "You know, hey, I think you, you've got an interesting story, and, I, and I'd like to talk to you. And so he's been gracious enough to come on today, and we're going to talk about the challenges that he's overcome in his life, and how he's gotten to be this guy who focuses on positivity, who focuses on moving forward. So Fred, thank you for being on the show today. So glad to have you.
1: Hey, thank you. This is awesome. Yeah. This is so really the- awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Honestly, I'm excited to have you here today. I think this is this is cool. So um, what I'd like to do, Fred is kind of turn the floor over to you and and let's talk about your story, your background, how you how Fred Smith got to where he is today.
1: Okay, so I'm the youngest of five boys. um, And growing up, we didn't have everything we had, we had what we needed, but we didn't have everything. So You know, I I just got used to to not having certain things in life and just moving forward. But um, I want to really talk about what it was like uh, being the kid that was always supposed to be an NFL player or a big guy, supposed to, everyone else's dreams were were laid out for you. And it started because I was the biggest kid that everyone knew. And uh, I was even bigger than my older brothers.
0: So, all right fair yeah, enough let's talk about that
1: yeah my mom my mom said that I I took everything she had left so I'm the youngest she gave she's, everything I have left you can just gave have. it all to you yes so and being that size and being athletic and and everything else people always told you you know you you're gonna be in the NFL you're gonna make it you know that look at you you're gonna do that and it wasn't always what I wanted I was, I was a kid that just wanted to go out and play and and have fun. But it, it it was always, there's always something there that that happens. There's always that, that thing that happens that, that stops you from being what you want. And for me, there was always a struggle. And one of my struggles was that, dad wasn't there. So, they, the male role model well wasn't there and so all the, of the influences I got were coming from outside sources whether it be teachers or or you know coaches and, and such and kind of lost track of where I was going I feel bad now <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> uh, but seriously it, it's it's been it's been hard and and sometimes because you try and and fulfill what other people want for you and then you lose yourself in trying to figure out what you're going to do because you want to do what they want you to do and I was the person that you know things would just fall out of place right before it would get good and so I had a lot of why why me moments? Why can't it be easier moments? You know, why why is, why does it always have to be so hard? Um so I'll, I'm gonna jump to uh, to high school. I, I started high school, I didn't want to play sports anymore. I was the guy who had to have his birth certificate for everything, and I didn't like it anymore. I didn't like being big. I didn't like being this big person. Everyone wanted to do certain things. So, so
0: just r- real quick, Fred, sorry to interrupt, but just for a frame oh, okay. of reference. So yeah. you mentioned that you were the, you were the big kid. Let's, oh, let's, yeah. so even though I hate asking guys who are the big guy, cause my dad's the big guy around everybody and everybody always <laughs> asks him, Hey, how tall are you? But so just for a frame of reference in high school, yeah. in comparison to everybody else, how tall were you?
1: <laughs> oh, in high school, let's see. I entered high school at, I was about five, nine. And then I I graduated at six seven, so going in at ninth grade year you're, you're pretty tall, and then I think my my freshman year I went from five nine to six one, and then six one to six five, it just kept going and I was like, man, my legs hurt, my arms hurt, right, right, that's rapid growth And uh but I was always tall. I might've been taller than that. I just, that's what I remember being. And, uh, I was, I was not heavy, but I was very stocky and, um, I, I worked out with my brothers. We, we did all that stuff, but I was just a huge, huge guy compared to everyone else always.
0: Okay. So so yeah, understandable why the coaches were drooling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But, uh, yeah, going into high school, I, I I was in the band, man. I was I was having fun in the marching band. I didn't want to play football anymore. I'm over there playing a baritone, nice. <laughs> hanging out okay. with the band. Um, so I had all these people just, you know, everyone's trying to yank you in all these different directions, and because I I I guess I seemed lost. I didn't know I didn't know where I wanted to be, but everyone knew that I was going to be some huge. Athletic superstar, so I, um, I finally bought into that. I've been bought into that, and uh, the moment I did that is where all our, all of our struggles start to compound. Um, my dad came back. He uh, he had a vacation with the state for m- most of my childhood, and so he came back, and so dealing with someone else's personality being in charge other than mom, it's tough like, whoa, you weren't even here, bro, like, why are you yelling right now, so I I finally bought in, and then he didn't support a lot of it, he didn't support the financial strains that come with athletic kids, you got t-shirts, you got sales, you got all these things that you're supposed to do, and he didn't, that wasn't his focus, I, I, I'm not bagging on the guy, it's just at that time it wasn't his focus. It's the reality. So uh yeah. <laughs> so I uh I decided to buy into the sports. So okay, we're gonna do this. And I remember, you know, hey, I need cleats. Hey dad, I I need I need I need cleats because it's football. I need these things. And I still remember the phrase, I don't have money for that. So I went to practice in tennis shoes and I played football in tennis shoes until one of the coaches was like, hey, where, where are your cleats? And I had to, I had to tell this man, this man hey, uh, we don't have it, right? So it, it's, that ties me into it. there's always someone that's going to reach out, right? There's always someone that's going to say, hey, they notice. They notice, like we all notice that someone else is having a hard time. And that person reached out and said, hey, you know, we're gonna fix this. So they got me some cleats. And uh, so not having and then receiving, its it comes hand in hand and the fear to ask is always there. So that was one of the first times that I realized that, hey, you know, the people will reach out and take care of you. But that was also one of my struggles was I didn't wanna, I wanna ask for anything. Okay. So yeah, back to the cleats. I, I didn't. We did. We couldn't afford for extracurriculars. So somebody reached out and they, they were like, "Hey, you know, if you're gonna play, you're gonna need certain things." So they, they bought me those cleats, and I wish I still had them. But by the time I was done with them, <laughs> they, were, they weren't very good anymore.
0: I'm pretty uh, sure they were done when you were
1: done with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. They were all. Awesome. They were just terrible, right? So, um, that that was like. Me thinking back the first time I can remember that, you know, people see you struggling, even though they don't say something, someone always sees it, you know. And it's it takes the kind hearted person to reach out and just just say something and or do something kind for somebody. And of course, as a young man, I was bitter about that. You can only imagine, you know. I this is this oh, is yeah. I mean, cell phones were a big deal. And sure, sure. <laughs> didn't have a cell phone. I was still a a quarter in the pocket kid, you know? Right. (laughs) And so they they were out, but I I didn't have much of anything. And then dad decided at one point that all my brothers, they, you know, they all dwindled out of the household when he was there. And it's, my dad was a very strong man. Very vocal, strong. I mean, he had a presence that was very strong. And when he when he put his foot down, you just understood. Well, my brothers, him not being there for a while, they kind of like, hey, you're not going to come back and talk to us like that, you know. So it's just me back in the house because I'm the youngest. And my dad decides, you know, I don't, I don't feel like paying rent anymore. So, and what he was doing at the time for for cash, um, I really can't describe it 100%, but there were no, there were no taxes, so. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, he decided that, you know what, we're gonna move and we moved to a motel. So I went from a home to a hotel room and that hotel room was on the same block as my high school. So everyone else is driving to school and I'm waiting and I'm almost always late because I don't want people to see that I'm living, and like I, I don't yeah. have a home to go to. Yeah, I get that. So, <laughs> I I just I I tried to make it work. I would stay late from school and do everything else to where everyone else was just gone, and then then I would go home. Well, so the coaches caught on, <laughs> and uh, they they really wanted me to play because I had quit. The first time I ever quit anything, I quit football because I was so ashamed. And even more embarrassing was the coaches showed up at the hotel and knocked and was like, Hey, where have you been? Oh man. How did you find me? yeah <laughs> How did you find me? About how old were you at this point? Oh, I was what was that, sixteen, seventeen?
0: Yeah, that's a hard enough age anyway.
1: Yeah. For yeah. any for any young
0: man, any young woman, that's a hard <laughs> enough age. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that was the first time I was homeless or without a true home because we I had a, a shelter but like the home that you picture with your own bedroom and everything not and I lost that one. So everything progresses in into I'm playing football, I'm doing well, I'm still in the band, I'm still in the marching band, I'm still in the con- concert band because music is key. I, I I've posted many, many, many videos on that, but music helps everyone. Um, so, you know, the, the it just continues on with people seeing me struggle and reaching out. They see, you know, I've had so many great people pop in randomly and say, hey, you know, here you go. <laughs> Let's keep you on this track because it would have been so easy for me to be one of the bad guys.
0: Yeah, and again, kind of get lost in the shuffle and Oh yeah. But instead you had all these people kind of color your world as, as they came through. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Because I'm growing up where I grew up inner city. It's, there's a lot of opportunity to be a bad kid, a whole lot. And my family has a lot of ties to certain groups. I should say that, <laughs> um, you know, they were certain colors only, you know, I'll just put it that way. Um, I'm picking so, up what you're laying down. <laughs> so but the the saving grace is that they're always like, Well, you're you're a good kid. You 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 do school, you're in band, you play you're playing sports, you just stay over there. Okay, we did that. So I I start doing well, I start doing better at football, <clears throat> and here comes senior year. And with senior year comes scouting and the opportunity for college and you know, all these great things, and it came time for um, SAT/ACT testing. Well, where I grew up, uh, you can take the test for free if your parents would show that you are in a medial income. Well, my, my dad's income at the time was not something he was really wanting to show so uh he said no so and he didn't want to pay for it either so biggest heartbreak comes when you've been scouted by big schools and you have to tell them hey i can't take my sats and they say hey you can't come to our school without sats on scholarship
0: right it's a mandatory
1: yeah. So there went every bit of I'm going to a D1 college for football, out the door, Bam. broken, right? And this is crazy because I was so upset. I went and was walking to the park, and I saw I saw this man. His name was Bear, and he's throwing the biggest stone I've ever seen because he does the Scottish games, and like, well, and he had this telephone pole. Have you ever heard of caper toss? Yep. They basically flip a telephone pole, and I was like, well, I did shot yeah. in high school. That looks cool. So I just walk up and say, hey, what are you doing? Right. And he explains. And so I got involved with that. I started having fun with that. And after school, it just took my mind off of, hey, you're not going to go play D1 football. Have fun with this. I was the third, no second son of five to graduate high school that year and then uh I put on so much weight I just got bigger because all I was doing was working out and throwing heavy stuff sure. and yeah I, I really appreciate Bear for he he took this kid that was just lost and was like hey here's something you can do here's your size your size is great for it let's do it and so my uh my high school quarterback found out that I wasn't Going anywhere. So he says, Hey, we're all going to this junior college. That's the next person reaching out just randomly is my high school quarterback saying, Hey, you don't have to be done. Come with us. We're going to go to a Juco. Like, I ain't got no money for that. I'm out of money for school. He said, Well, come talk to the financial advisor and the, the, the aides at the, at the school to help you out. So I get there and they talk to me and they're in the state of California. They have the Board of Governors waiver. So they they can they can show you how to get college for free and your tuitions paid for. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. But I I kind of skipped the second time I was homeless and I'll bounce back to that. Um it was my senior year in high school and apparently the intercom at the at the school stopped working this one day that my mom was trying to tell me, hey you know, don't come home, and I didn't hear that, so I got home, and all of my stuff was out out about, because my dad got caught being, you know, a male at certain times, so there we were nowhere, you know, he didn't want to raise a boy, because, you know, he was like, you're, you're almost an adult, go do adult things. And I was like, I'm still a kid trying to figure everything out. So I, I stayed with my friend, one of my best friends in high school, Josh. He, man, without him, I don't know where I would have been. I stayed with him for a while. And then mom and I got a hotel and I got a job and it just, you know, things go bad and they fall back in place. It's crazy. Cause you know, there's, there's always somebody, there's somebody saw that I was struggling and they said, Hey, I know this person that works here, here, go take my card to them and apply for a job. And I was able to help mom pay rent in California. Cause yeah, Yeah. Yeah. not cheap. cheap. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then from there, we just started to climb again. And I was doing so well. We went to I went to the college, like I was talking about, and I wound up playing there. And I wanted to just highlight freshmen's because oh freshmen, freshmen, <laughs> because I was I was slotted, you know, I was one of the top prospects out of out of San Diego County at the time for alignment. And I was excited about that. And so I'm doing okay. I'm doing well. And I get to my second year at this junior college and my attitude, and excuse me, and me being angry about so many other things started to play in. I was such an aggressive guy. You know, at some point I just became this really aggressive football playing guy and it cost me. I had an incident where I had a a disagreement with our offensive line coach. I said and acted in a way that I can never take back. Can't. And it cost me two scholarships.
0: Oh man, okay.
1: Yeah. So one of those were, hey, you're floating a little too high, bud, let's let's bring you back down. Uh, so it, it costs and having a coach call you and say, hey, you know, we really can't have a player like you in our program. What? What do you mean like me? We can't have someone that's uncoachable come to our program. I thought I was doing great, but. Sure,
0: yeah. You
1: know, it, at times where you let your aggression out, it doesn't, doesn't work. I'm already a huge guy at this time. I'm, I'm 6'8", 320 pounds, and I'm throwing 400, 400 pounds around like it's nothing. Right, and so it helped me realize that you know what people see. I can't, I can't let my attitude match what people see. I'm like, I mean, I'm you're right a big guy, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm intimidating, now. yeah. <laughs> and it's just that impression. And people see my face, they see my see how I look. And I go, oh, you're a big, you're a big teddy bear, and I try to be. <laughs> it's right, hard. right. Yeah. It, it been and so and all of this, these things that that pop up and another another person comes in that sees me and the low point. And uh he was the recruiter for the small school that I wound up graduating from. I thought I was done. I thought no college was gonna happen. No, no, nothing beyond junior college was gonna happen. And he came in, I was there to work out. He says, Hey. I'm from Bethany College in Lindsborg, Kansas. What? You mean the place where Dorothy's from? That's all I knew about Kansas. Fair enough. Twister, Twister and Dorothy. That's all I knew. And I was like, hey, if you guys are going to offer, I'm saying yes. And that's how I wound up in Kansas. Just some kid lost this just bouncing into every wall trying to find a direction and having all of these positive people pop in at certain points just to snatch me and say, hey now here's your path
0: it's amazing how life can lead us at times really you know you look at at the situations that you've talked about the things you've gone through in life um and how each there's always been somebody right there when you needed them to kind of help guide you and direct you and 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 take you in places that that you weren't um maybe prepared for or didn't think were we going to be realistic options for you uh so for me that you know looking at your story i think that's kind of a kind of the interesting standout so far is that that there's always been somebody uh, when you least expected it and i think that's that that's kind of cool so let's let's pick back up on your story now you've you're you've come to kansas uh the land of the great oz and uh You, you've gone to this little, this uh, little college, you said that, that you weren't expecting about. And uh, so what happens from there?
1: So um, of course I had, I had a a big college player attitude. Like I shouldn't be here. I, I take it, but I believe I should be better. And, you know, I started to really Really humble myself at that point because I realized like this is what are you talking about? This is your this is a second chance again. This is another chance for you to move forward. So, um, believe it or not, I uh, will def- definitely believe it because it happened. I I chose criminal justice as my uh, career field, and so I'm going to I'm going to classes for criminal justice. I'm doing all these things in spite of my family dynamic growing up and majority of my family and my my father being incarcerated for many of my my years as a kid multiple times back and forth and I just like I chose criminal justice that's my (laughs) right it's crazy to think that I want I will take that route and do you think that
0: your background though had something to do with you choosing that
1: I think my mom had a lot to do with that how so she has always been a big supporter. Like we used to just watch cops. She's like, "What do you think? What do you think about this situation?" And I, we just talk. And I, I even blame mom for the way that I speak, because people, people hear me speak and they're like, "Whoa, you sound so educated. Like, how does that? How does that happen?" <laughs> I don't. I, I, on the, over the phone. Like even in this, if someone doesn't know that I am a six foot nine. 400 pound black dude. <laughs> now they do. Right and now they, surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> because I, right. I, I don't have that sound. So, and my mother was very, very into just keeping us on on track. And so she would, she, we would watch cops and we would watch law shows. We'd watch all these things. And she like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. Law and order and, you know, and <laughs> into the night and all these shows we watch we just I enjoyed it you know I okay. enjoyed law yeah so I, I chose I chose criminal justice and you know, make mom proud make me proud So I'm happy to do it and awesome all right so back to college um I humbled myself and uh I go and I play my my first year with this new school and I'm like okay we didn't win a whole lot I felt like we should have done better but if that's okay so I, I go and talk to the, uh, the eligibility coordinator for, this, for our conference. She was at my school, and I go and talk to her. I said, hey, I'm going home to San Diego. Do, am I OK to come back? This is going to be my last year. Am I OK to play? So she looks. She says, hey, you're going to be fine. Go ahead. Have a good summer. Yes, you know, I'm just going to go back to the JUCO, work out, hang out with some of those friends come back senior year just ball and play and I am going I'm going to move to the next step in football this is going to happen so I, I go home of course to just work out get ready I come back we're doing our, our summer workouts our preseason workouts and coaches just drilling us we're sweating I'm a big dude but that, that coach was was definitely breaking us in half and uh I I remember this very vividly, and hopefully I don't. So, we go, and the Friday before our scrimmage that Saturday, dinner time. So all I have is a night and a morning before I get to play and start my senior season. With two of my coaches in tow, the eligibility coordinator walks up to me in the hallway and says, "Hey." You're not eligible to play. What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was two credit hours short of my, so towards my major. I had to have two more credit hours of a topic towards my major to be eligible as a senior. So there went my senior season. Oh, man. And I couldn't couldn't fix it. No, not not with the night before. And, oh, the bear and the evil, just angry person that I became. Not towards her, not towards the coaches, just towards myself.
0: Towards the situation.
1: I should have known better. Because there's always that time where things would start to get good. And then, bam, right in the teeth. Here comes why, why me? Why can't things just be easy for me? And I just, oh, just fell into a, a hole. I went from good grades to academic probation. It was just, just lost. I didn't know where I it was. Bad. Yeah.
0: Sounds like you were fighting a, a bit of depression and anger. Oh, yeah. And
1: yeah. And
0: understandable, too. Everything that you thought you were working for and working towards kind of ripped away from you.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So I I didn't I was old enough to drink then and <laughs> I think we went through I think a whole lot of alcohol that year and I don't think I don't even drink now <laughs> because you know it's just understand sure. a great time. Yeah. So I'm struggling and I'm I'm bad. And my my buddy Chris, he's like, Hey, you know, hey, look, Let's hang out so I hang out with, with this new friend and he's telling me, "Hey man, you'll be okay And he's telling me what he's going through I'm like, dude, you, you got it worse <laughs> And I'm like, why are you happy?" And you know I, I started to see again like you know I, I don't have it as bad as everyone. So this person's reaching out to me <laughs> and I should be reaching out to him <laughs> you know that, that feeling. Yeah, okay. You know, and so I get a, a I get with him and we get a we find a way to where he helps me get a job to stay out here instead of going home. Cause I was gonna go home for the winter and come back and do all this stuff. But he's like, hey, just stay here, we'll help you get a job. And I started working at a small cafe in McPherson, Kansas called Neighbors. And Miss Shelley was the best, she she's Mama Shelley. And she came in, she swooped in, and she was like, "Hey, she's like, "Mama buried me, just yanked me out again. Oh, that's and awesome. I was like just so happy you know again. so I go through and I graduate college the first in my family to get a four- year degree
0: congratulations
1: thank you so for, after all this junk, I finally find my way into into a happy spot, and I, I find uh, corrections. One of my classmates uh, worked there during her uh, practicum. We had to do 500 and some odd hours of volunteer or paid work at a, a law firm or a police department or anything in our career field. And then we had to do reports and all this stuff on what we learned. Well, I chose the police department because I still had classes to do. And then she chose the, the prison and so she got paid to go to college. I was a little jealous about that. Right. But when we graduated, <laughs> I was like, hey, I need a I need a job. Do I want to do I want to go back to California? No. I didn't. I didn't I didn't. There was nothing promised there. There was nothing promised here either, but there was nothing there. There was there's family, of course. I, I once I said nothing, my family was there, but as far as work and everything else. I had an apartment here. I had things going. So I started working at the prison, and I've been there almost 11 years, 12 years now, working in corrections. And then I left for a year to go be a, uh, a sheriff's deputy. So I fulfilled that dream of being a copper. Uh, nice. to me this, into this TikTok stuff. And I, I met my, my best friend and wife working at the facility. She's one of, she's our head negotiator. So I don't, I don't win arguments. We just agree. I don't know how that works. Let's just,
0: it's called marriage.
1: (laughs) Somehow somehow I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Yeah. You know that I had a great idea there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she, she, she swooped in and I was down. I I had a breakup with someone that I should have never been with because she, was, you know, people that just they take away your, you're happy, but then you can't let them go because you get used to just not being happy. That was my former relationship. Not, no, she's, she's fine. She's not a terrible person. I just, we weren't the best, you know,
0: just wasn't the wasn't the right fit.
1: Yeah. And so I met my wife and so I went from the low of, oh, well, back to not being good enough to have somebody. You know, everybody after a breakup or after being alone for a long time, you're just stuck in that, you know, this is it. I, I can live. I can live with this. <laughs> I can be alone for a while. Right. We got this. Well, then here comes this new brand new best friend that says, you know, yeah, you're great. What are you talking about? So. Um, and with her came the best thing ever uh, or uh, my my stepson, but. Uh, her kid. And so, man, he set the hook for me to, <laughs> you know, being with her is great, but he's definitely is the, the part that set the hook and uh, got me hooked on, on everything. And so um, she brought me back out and said, Hey, you know, I'm happy. I'm such a, such a, such a, I'm such a happy person now. And so he brought up TikTok one day. I'm like, what, a, what is that? Why, what is? I used to think that the, the name of TikTok was so funny. What is it? TikTok? What is that? And so I said, well, it's just, it's an app where it has videos and it's all videos. And well, me, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'll get stuck in a rabbit hole on Facebook of just videos. So, okay, let's let's look at it. So I downloaded and I start watching all these creators and they're making content. Whoa, that's funny. Right. That's funny. How does Same this here. work? You get to like this, and then oh, I get to talk to them? Whoa, this is crazy. And then I look over, I look over at them and I said, I'm gonna make a video. He's like, no, no, don't, don't do that. Please, <laughs> please don't. I'm like, I'm gonna do it. Yes. Here it comes. So, <laughs> the TikTok started with. My kid telling me, nah, it's for young people. Say, well, hey, I'm I'm hip, you know, I'm I'm with it. (laughs) My first video, I think, was a comparison between my size 18 shoe and my wife's size eight and a half. (laughs) And that's it. I didn't put my face in, like, who wants to put themselves out there on social media just right away? I couldn't. I was I was afraid of it. So I just did the little shoe deal. That was it. And I was and that that video had 17 total likes. And I was so proud of every single person that liked it. Absolutely, video. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, they saw it and they liked it. And so I just progressed. I started making videos, you get more comfortable and doing things. And then my my career with the positivity started. Uh, and I've always been kind of a upbeat happier person. Uh, When it comes to making videos and content on there, but we started following that Scott D. Henry guy, and
0: chicken wing, chicken wing,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. So he, he, his laugh is infectious and everything else, right? So, and then very positive. And then one day, well, my I watch a video and the wife watches a video and she's upset and I'm like, well, hold on, what did I miss here? And it was the day that Scott D. Henry said that he was going to leave TikTok and everything else. Yeah. Wait a minute, what? What? So I went and looked, I saw the video and I was upset. And so I made a video saying, hey, this message is forever, whoever took this. And I put a picture of him laughing and smiling away from my wife and replaced it with this. And it was a picture of him when he was crying, saying goodbye. I said, I got some hands for you. <laughs> so I posted that video and uh I was like, this it's sad that even somebody who is so positive and uplifts so many people gets bullied on here. And I'm like, what? What is yeah. that? what's wrong here? So I told, hey, this man needs some security. I work security. I've always been security. I've always tried to help and protect people who are. You know, in need, so why not help protect this man? So I made that video, and i I made some stuff. Club Positivity Security. I put on my my uh, right. ballistic vest. I was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm here for you." And from there on, I I mean, it's not about the numbers and how many people follow you, but I had maybe three thousand, two thousand people following me. I was I was happy there. I was like, I never thought I'd have a hundred people following me. So from there, oh my goodness, it just skyrocketed. And like, hey, your positivity is, is starting to shine through. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> just a little bit. I started you know, doing more to say, to put myself out there and be more vulnerable and saying, I don't like people who bully other people online. I, and that's, like that.
0: and that's one of the videos where I, I took notice of you, to be honest. Yes. Um. You had a video where uh, a mother, I believe her son was special needs and he was being yeah. bullied. Tony. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I tell you what, uh, between your video, that was a response to her, her post about her son being bu- uh, bullied and her response to you uh, thanking you. Yeah. I don't know if it's my allergies or something <laughs> kicked up or, and, you know, but I watched those things and I went, you, you know, here, here's a guy who, who, you know, and a lot of people that, you know, they get on TikTok and, and they, they act a fool just because it's fun. And they, they do all these different things because they can. And, um, but there are certain people on there who I think are, are genuinely the way that they represent themselves on TikTok. And I, and I instantly got that feeling from you because I watched those videos and then I started scrolling back. Like I said, that's where I took notice of you. I, it was that video, and I and I and I went back and I started looking at other videos of you, and it was clear that this thought of positivity and being a positive person wasn't just something that you were a wave that you were riding. This is who you are, and and so that was that was kind of important to me because you know I I always say that positivity wins. That's that's a, a saying around my house. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know, well, there's two sayings around my house. Number one suck it up. You're a hockey player. None of us are hockey players, but we all love hockey. And, uh, but if you think about hockey players, I mean, there's stories about guys who have broken their legs. They get out and they go out for their next shift because you know, they, they don't want to let their team down. They're going to just do what they have to do to get the job done. And so suck it up. You're a hockey player. We're going to push forward. We're going to focus on forward. We're going to focus on moving forward and our goal and, and all these other things. And the other thing is that while we're doing that, we're going to focus on being positive because positivity is what's going to win. And so I saw all of that in you. And and that's the reason why I reached out to you and the reason why I wanted to talk to you.
1: Yeah. I'm telling you, it's infectious. Uh, Positivity is more infectious than (laughs) COVID-19. Yes, it is. A smile and kind words go so much further. People compliment me on my insecurities. And I don't tell them which insecurities they are. They are, but <laughs> I, yeah, I get so many so many compliments about things that I'm insecure about. And it just it's such an uplifting thing. I try so hard to respond to everyone that comments on my videos. And so much so that TikTok was like, "Hey, you're commenting too much, so we're going to take that right away for a day." Look, <laughs> so, like, okay.
0: You got commenting jail.
1: Yeah, comment jail it was. But you know and so making more positive content on here which none of my stuff was truly ever negative but just being more forceful and sharing love it's it's a it's a, it's a crazy thing i wish everyone would just start posting so much more oh yeah yeah in there. you know it, to the- it-
0: I think for every negative person that I've seen on TikTok, there's ten positive people, and there's such uh, there's, you know, you can get out of anything what you want to put into it. That's that's just the way it is, you know, with any form of social media. And I think that if you focus on the positivity, you're going to find the positive people, and you're going to find that the positivity group, and you're going to find these these this amazing cloud of people who are willing to be positive and and enforce the positive and. Um, you know, and it was always kind of, I always kind of find it amusing when somebody who's not positive accidentally drifts into the positivity channel yes. and they try to spread the unpositivity and boy, oh,
1: like a swarm. We're, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There.
0: Yeah. Goodbye. Go away. Yeah. Nobody wants that here. So yeah. no, I, yeah. and I, so yeah, um, I think, it, I think it's awesome what you're doing, but, but let me ask you this. Uh, and this is a question I like to ask all everybody who comes on. So you've got quite the story of, of overcoming challenges and, and learning through different different things that have happened in your life and how to focus on moving forward, learning how to be positive no matter what life is thrown at you. So not to minimize your life experiences down to one sentence, oh. but if you were to look back over everything, what's the shining star of information that you take from your life? Oh. That's
1: <laughs> man. One sentence. Okay.
0: Okay. We'll 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 fold. We'll give you two.
1: All right. Definitely accept help when it's offered. Don't be too proud to accept people's love. Um, man, better days are are just you know around the corner sometimes, and. When, when things look the most bleak and terrible, try really hard to find some twinkle of light somewhere and focus on that and just drive yourself towards that little bit of positivity you have. All right, good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. because yeah. it's, not, I, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your head around the wrong stuff, though. So. Get,
0: get redirected in the wrong direction. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one, one of my posts on Instagram uh, for Focused on Forward, I I, I put the, um, oh, what did it say? Now I, now I have to pull it up on my phone because I can't remember how I worded it. And, you know, I'm going to stumble across my own words. I found a, a meme and it said, what consumes your mind controls your life. Mm. And I thought that was really powerful because it doesn't just talk about Uh, the choices we make, it's talking about what we're allowing to come in and around us and whether we choose to be focusing on positivity and and things along those lines. So, you know, and whether or not we allow our minds to wade into unhealthy pools, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and and all those things. So let's, uh, and then one more question for you here, Fred, and we're going to, before we wrap up. Okay. What's one piece of advice that you would like to share with anybody who's listening? Anybody who's going through a tough time, a a challenge in their life? Um, Maybe it's a piece of advice that you were given by, maybe it was by a coach, maybe it was by one of your friends, uh, a counselor, whatever it may be.
1: Just one. Um, The biggest one and struggle for me was worry about, and take care of the things that you can control. Because I always had so many things that I was trying to stretch and reach and, and grab and control and just hug them all and hold on to all the all the things in my arms. And then that something falls out and I drop everything to go take care of that. And I wind up picking everything else back up again later. So worry about the things that you can control and be happy in every way that you can all right good
0: no that's good advice that's good advice i think sometimes we all get a little wrapped up inside of our own head and we start looking at all the things outside of our own four walls the things that are in within our immediate control and we try to bring those things into our four walls and that's where the the things get clouded and and complicated so i think that's very solid advice sir thank you very much so hey fred this has been a very enjoyable conversation been glad to have you on today thank you for sharing your story um, you know, I, I always say that if uh, one of these episodes helps one person, then we've done our job. And I, and I'm hoping that uh, somebody listens to your story today, and and uh, somebody who maybe has had similar situations or you know uh, can look at your story and say, "He did it. I can do it too." So that's that's the hope in, uh, of each one of these episodes. Awesome. So, so, thank you so much for being on, Fred. really did appreciate you being here today on Focus hey, and Forward.
1: Hey, you're my first ever interview. <laughs> And well, you nailed a little it. Little sporadic.
0: No, you yeah. nailed it. You did a great job. You did a great <laughs> job. All right, guys, that's going to conclude us today on Focus on Forward.